Are we doing this? Really? Wait for it. Are we doing this? Wait for it. Ow! What the fuck? WTF. And it's also, eh, what the fuck? What's wrong with me? It's time for WTF. What the fuck? With Mark Marin. All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fucking ears? What the fuck, Nicks? What the fucksters? What the fuck is Suganas? Happy holidays. Happy New Year coming up. Hope you had a good Xmas yesterday. I don't know what the hell to say. God, I hope you got some good presents, man. I at least hope some of you, like, you know, open that thing up. Because there's nothing more exciting than getting a good present. That's the best fucking thing in the world. Something you didn't know you were getting or something you really wanted to get. Yeah, I just hope it worked out. I hope you're happy. New Year's coming up. Don't make yourself crazy. No big changes. Unless you have to. But don't uh, set yourself up for disappointment in the new year. Ultimately, it's just another day, right? I just don't know. I don't know exactly know what to uh, to do for the holidays because I've really avoided them. And I was um, going through the files, and I remember I was trying to think of like you know you know Christmases I've spent in the past, but uh, you know obviously christmas not being that incredibly important to me as a jew and hanukkah has become less important to me too but the season is what it is but i remember i'm just trying to think back and you know what i did for christmas where did i end up for christmas i remember one time i ended up in maine my buddy bob's house or his mother's house who he called the pig killing astrologist she was an astrologist who lived up in maine she uh i guess she had pigs that she owned she i remember she pickled things Remember, it was a little eerie. The whole thing was a little eerie. I remember one Christmas, I decided to stay in Boston. I think I was still in college. And I stayed in Boston. I sat in this dark apartment that I had in Boston. It was actually Brookline on Carlton Street. Thing was like a fucking cave. And I sat there, recently heartbroken, because my girlfriend Sarah had ditched me. She had gone off. I know, I know. There's, there's somewhat of a recurring theme there, but it c- cuts both ways, man. But she was the first love of my life, and she'd run off to France in order to get away from me. She had to go to another country. Then I found out she was fucking some guy I knew. Whatever, man. So I was like, I'm going to Bukowski it. I'm going to Bukowski this Christmas. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to shut in. going to buy a half gallon of fucking Robert Mondavi Table Red. And I'm going to sit down. I'm going to watch old movies randomly on television and write, man, because I'm a fucking poet. That was the plan. And I did write a poem. And it did end up in the uh, Ex Libris Literary Journal of Boston University. Uh, what year would this be? Do they put years in these things? Uh, 1986. Copyright 1986. Um, So I'll read that poem for you now. This was written, I guess, maybe it would have been Christmas of 1985. A heartbroken Mark Maron on Christmas Eve sits alone in a dark apartment with a bottle of red table wine, rendering the, the thoughts and feelings, doing the work of a poet. So this is the, the poem I wrote, Heartbroken Mark, 1985. That would make me 63, 73, 83, 21, 22 years old. This is my Christmas pump, coming in for landing. Watching Robert Mitchum toss around some double-crossing dame on the TV after she killed some gumshoe for nothing. 
he ditched the body and let her go. He still had to have her. He followed her around the world. He died and she died too. She put a slug in his gut while he had his foot on the gas. And there was something delicate in the way he was hunched over the wheel and the way she had her head tilted back over the seat and the way the gun in a white hand rested on his leg. There you go. 22-year-old Mark Marin poetry. Living on the edge. Hard, man. Hard heart. Taking it in. Watching out of the past with Robert Mitchum. Heartbreak is rough. The things we do for women. Am I right, 22-year-old Mark? Huh? Shit is weighing heavy for you there in the apartment your folks are paying for while you waste an extra year at college to figure out how to be a more effective alcoholic. Merry Christmas. Huh, man? Living the life. Let me give you a little backstory on this. Because there's, some, there's a tone to this interview that, that is, is not quite like anything that, that I've really had on here necessarily. Because I used to see Billy Braver's headshot at the comedy store back when I was a kid and I was working the door and it's still there. And it, you know, it was this weirdly compelling headshot. You know, he had a, sort of a Beatles haircut and he wore overalls and he clearly had a shtick. It was clearly uh, from the 70s. But I never knew who he was. He was never a guy that came around. I never knew anything about him. I knew his name. I saw his name on the wall. I saw his picture on the wall among many other pictures. I'm like, who the hell is that Billy Braver guy? You know, what's his story? This Billy Braver guy. He's an old store guy. You know, maybe I should talk to this guy. And then I got it in my head that, you know, at some point I wanted to talk to somebody who uh, kind of effectively got out of show business. Because I can't tell you, man, this is a tough, stupid business. There's no justice. There's no meritocracy. There's no system. And uh, it can be very heartbreaking. I guess that's not unlike a lot of things, but sometimes you surrender to heartbreak. Sometimes you make compromises in life for security or for for uh, other things that are more important. Some people just see work as work. Sometimes I envy those people. It's like their job is just a means to an end to live the life that they are comfortable living. That's it. It's just a job. Just a job. I know some in some ways that sounds sort of heartbreaking, but in other ways it sounds incredibly practical. Yeah, I love my job. It's okay. It's not too soul-sucking, but it enables me to have the life I want to live. I get health coverage. You know, I'm doing all right, making a good nut, whatever it is. But then you got your dream, and then you ultimately want, like, well, it'd be nice if I could you know, live my dream, and that could be my job. I, my job is living my dream. And that's, uh, that takes a little more risk. And, you, you know, when I see people in show business that, that keep struggling, like I struggled, you know, I, I, you know, I hope the best for them, but, you know, it can be heartbreaking. But I'd never really talked to somebody who had quit show business. And then, I'm, you know, and I saw this story, this documentary called Sob Story, S-A-A-B, Sob Story, about this guy, Billy Braver. And I'm like, that's the guy. That's the guy from the picture in the hallway. That's the guy whose name I saw on the wall. That's the guy from back in the day at the comedy store. And he quit show business. And I'm like, I want to talk to a guy that quit show business to see how he did it and what kind of feelings, you know, came from that. So I reach out to Braver, and we did this uh, interview a little while ago. And I, 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 frankly, I wasn't sure, 
you know, whether whether to air it or, or whether it made either of us look good or, you know, it is what it is. You know, this guy, he quit show business and was out for decades selling cars. It's a guy who's on the Mike Douglas show, the Dinosaur show. He opened for Rockman's, did all the TV, Tonight Show. I figured, well, this will frame this, right? You know, maybe we'll we'll figure this shit out and see how somebody lets that go. See how somebody kind of wrangles in their heart and puts things into perspective and, and says, I'm done with it. So as the you know, as the conversation unfolded, I, I realized that, you know, he'd been out for a long time and, you know, he had a sort of history in the business and it was a different business. He started before there were really comedy clubs and was out for years, but now he wants back in. That was the curveball at the end. He wants back in. And I get it. But it was a little more heavy-hearted an interview for me. And uh, so I bring it to you now. This is the uh, the post-Christmas interview leading into the new year. Next week, we'll have Father John Misty on Monday. And uh, January 2nd, uh, the uh, incomparable Artie Lang will be on the show. And I hope you had a good Christmas. And um, gratitude. Yeah. Even if it ain't within you, find it. It'll save your fucking heart. Let's talk to Billy Braver. Is it loud in your head or you're right? No, I'm right in the head. I never had this on before. No? This is a great thrill for me. Where, where did you where have you gone? I, I've done, I've been living in a in a one room, oh God, in a snake pit. No, but I'm okay now. Yeah. Yeah. I had rough 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 life. Well, I mean, it's sort of interesting because my awareness of you really, uh my guess is Billy Braver. And uh I don't. I don't know. It, it's an interesting thing. I was a doorman at the comedy store in the in the mid '80s, right? So, and I was in that place, and I was uh, there every night. And there are all those pictures there. And I used to see your picture with your overalls on. Uh-huh. And and it was so. This was the mid '80s. I'm like, what? Who the fuck is that guy? What happened to that guy? I want to know what that guy's story is. I became mildly obsessed with your headshot. And I'm like, that guy must have been somebody. There's two pictures of him up here, and he's wearing overalls. Yeah. So like, I've had Jimmy Walker in here. Uh-huh. I've had Richard Lewis in here. Richard, yeah. Uh, you know, I've had people that come from that era. Uh, and who were at the comedy store. And it, it must have been a very interesting time. I mean, when did you start doing stand-up? Well, late 70s. I started in New York. Yeah. And then I was at a place called Folk City. Yeah, in the village. In the village. Yeah. And then... Uh, who was around then? Uh, you know, I was working... I was doing uh, improvs with Fred Willard. Oh, we right. We started doing improvs. Richard Lewis was around. Actually, I started the same time, like uh, Richard Lewis, uh-huh. uh, David Brenner, uh-huh. Steve Landisberg. Yeah? Yeah. Stephen, close friend. He, yeah. He, is he all right? He passed away. Well, that's no good. No. A lot, of my, right. a lot of my friends <laughs> have, in Jewish, they say gestorben. They yeah. died. They died. I knew. I think I knew that. And you, so you knew Landisberg as a stand-up. And Fred Willard was there. A, that was a, what was the group's name? He had a group in San Francisco, the too, Ace right? Ace Trucking Company. Ace Trucking yeah. Company. Yeah, yeah. 
But I worked with him. He says, let's do some improv. So we worked at uh, Folk City for about six months. And I was doing improvs. And then I met a girl that kept coming in every single night with a gorgeous guy. And she says, I like you. And that was it. Six months later, I was married to To her. her. To her, yeah. She was with some other guy. That's that's an awkward situation for a comic where the girl who's standing with the guy is giving you juice. (laughs) And uh, so she lost the other guy. She she kept coming in every night, Mark. Oh, yeah? And I said, you could get in for nothing. You know, I love you and Fred. I said, do you love Fred more? She says, I like you. So I said, the only way I'll go with you if I could try on your shoes. I yeah. love her shoes. Yeah, really. So I used to walk on stage with a high heel shoes. Really? I swear to God. I'm weird. I'm weird. <laughs> yeah, you you think, yeah, yeah. Uh, that eventually became a lunchbox for some reason. That's but. right. Thank you, Mark. My <laughs> lunch, oh, I go on with the lunchbox. I got. I have so many stories about that lunchbox. Well, let me, uh, so here you are. You're in the late 70s. You're in New York. You're at Folk City. Yeah. You marry this girl, Jewish girl. I hope so, yeah. Okay. My mother would kill me. <laughs> so you, you marry her, and then what happens? I divorced her. <laughs> Three days later, she was in primal therapy. You know what that is? Sure. Where they yell at you? Yeah. She yelled and yelled and yelled. At you, in a therapeutic way. In the therapeutic <laughs> not way. A, not an abusive way. No, no, not with a knife. <laughs> just, just, just. So did you grow up very religious? I know. I grew up with parents that were uh, unbelievably, they were tough. They were German Jews. Oh, they're the worst. And th- th- nobody, you know what? Nobody liked them, Mark. And My th- mother's dating a German Jew, and <laughs> the sort of the arrogance of the German Jew is yeah. baffling. <laughs> Terrible. It's you know, baffling. What, what happened during World War II, yeah. they were the only two Jews asked to leave a concentration camp. No. <laughs> they were that annoying. They were that annoying. <laughs> <laughs> and my mother, you know, when I was seven, she used to come in, she would, Breastfeed? What would she? She breastfeed me with yeah. an extension tube. Uh-huh, you know, it was yeah, terrible. Uh-huh. That's it, Joe. That was stupid. Sure, no, I'm sorry. A, you can do that. I can do a joke. Then, were they too? really in concentration camp? No, no. no thank God. Uh, thank God. They were just annoying. Yeah, <laughs> but they spoke Yiddish in the house. My grandfather used to speak Yiddish. Yeah, it, and they were cute. I lived with. I stayed in a room with my grandfather, my grandmother, uh-huh. and a person I didn't know. My uncle Marty. He was <laughs> some <sunk laughs> <into> some Jew <laughs> that came in from some out guy. Of, <laughs> I don't know. Out of nowhere, you know. <laughs> Who's that guy? Don't mind him. But you know what's funny about my bar mitzvah? You know what bar mitzvah is? I was bar mitzvah, yeah. Oh, you were bar mitzvah. Yeah. Oh, Mark, okay. Yeah. I thought you were goyim. No. But you're, you're a Jewish boy? I am a Jewish boy. Oh, good. But yeah. Why? <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, my uncle, I always wanted to get laid. I was 13. Can I say that? Sure. I wanted to get laid. I was such a horny kid. I mm. used to masturbate over my mother's friend, Mrs. Brust, out sure. the window. She had yeah. her stockings up there. Oh, yeah? So my uncle- In a tenement building? In a tenement building. Yeah. You look down yeah. the Venetian block. My mother said, this pants, your underwear so stained. What do yeah. you do? She didn't know what yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Uncle Marty says, I'm going to fix you up with yeah. Cockeye Jenny. Ooh, Cockeye Jenny. You remember Cockeye Jenny? Sure, there's <laughs> always a Cockeye Jenny. Some <laughs> version of Cockeye Jenny. Everywhere there's a Cockeye Jenny. Sure. So he takes me, he says, but you got to get dressed as a jockey. I uh-huh. said, why? She only fucks jockeys. Jockeys. So I get dressed, Mark, with an outfit. He God, gets, I hope you're telling the truth. I swear to God, I'm, right. like, I'm telling you the truth. I wear these silks yeah. with a hat and a whip, and I get in, and she falls in love with me. Uh-huh. I was with her for six months until I brought my friend. Nobody. Yeah. Walter Bruce, Lenny Birch, they didn't believe me. I knocked on the door. I said, here, my friend. She said, get the hell out of here. Yeah, yeah. But she was my well, first. I was 13 years old. You wanted your friends to watch? I wanted, wanted them to get laid. You, know, you, know? you brought them all over. I Help us out. Was she older than you? No, she was. A, you know, she worked. She was a dancer at the Latin Quarter. The Latin Quarter. Where did I just hear that? Oh, Barbara Walter's father used to yes. own the Latin Quarter. Right. Did right. you know that? You know yes. who told me that? Dick Van Dyke told me that. Yes. Last week. 
Really? Yeah. Yeah. Was that true? That's right. That is true. Barbara Walters. Yeah. In fact, Norm Crosby used to work a lot of, who's a friend of mine, worked a lot of that. Uh, he's still around? He's still around. Really? He's still deaf. Can't hear a fucking word. How was his words? Is he getting the words right yet? <laughs> he's like, is, that, is that how his act died? He just finally figured out the right words to say? <laughs> yeah. This is fun. Yeah. I'm having fun. So, well, that's good. So, uh, all right. So there you are. You're, you're divorced in three days because a woman yells at you. You're doing Folk City. Did you have it? You were just doing improv. Did you have a stand-up act? Yeah, no? then I then uh, Paul Kobe saw me and brought, he? he brought me into the bitter end, right? Which was a top club. He only brought in like four other comics. Uh-huh. He had Woody Allen and somebody. I this think, is a little after Woody, no? Or yeah, this, oh, much after yeah, Woody. Yeah, yeah. So he brings me in. Yeah. And one night, Mark, I had the greatest laughs I've ever had in my life, and I couldn't understand it. They were laughing at the word the. Yeah. Good so, audience. Great audience. Yeah. So I come out. I see a bus stand. Paul Kobe is laughing. He's hysterical. I yeah. said, Paul, uh, with this, is this a fixed or I've never had laughs like that. He says, wait till you see the audience. Yeah. And they came out. They yeah. were all Down syndrome kids. <laughs> <laughs> Swear to God, and they well, love me. They well, became they, my fan club. Well, you did a you did a good thing then. <laughs> I killed. Them. You know what I mean? I, yeah. uh, they were great. They would have laughed at anything, but you know. Yeah, no, yeah. So, how long were you in New York doing the stand up? Did you do the improv? Did you do Bud's place? At no, all? I did. I I did a little bit, and then I was called out. I uh, what's his name? Greg Garrison saw me. Who's he? He, he was the producer of uh, of the D Martin show. Really? And he brought me out to California to do a, re- a Dean Martin replacement show, summer replacement. He brought out four comics. I think it was Leno, myself, uh, what's his name, who died, Hoffman. Um, he used to work the improv all the time, uh, uh, the bongo player. Oh, Kaufman, Andy Kauf- Kaufman. Andy yeah. Kaufman, yeah. myself, and I think it was uh, uh, somebody else. Out of 110 comics, he picked me to come out So there. you got you were at the top of your game there. I was doing well. What was the shtick then, though? Was it the overalls and the lunch pail yeah, yet? Yeah, but I got in trouble with the overalls when I did the Tonight Show. They loved me, and all of a sudden, I couldn't get back on because the court of it didn't like my overalls. Uh-huh. So I said I could have worn something else, a swimsuit, anything that you know, anything <laughs> I could have put on. So I didn't like the overalls. So they kept me off, but Dinah liked me, and I was doing Dinah, Murph. Dinah Shore? Dinah Shore. Well, tell me about this thing that you were brought out for the Dean Martin Replacement Show. It was a variety show. Correct. And he wasn't, he wasn't hosting. No, he wasn't hosting he had a lot of, a lot of different comics but he would edit in places so you say you're doing your act i said i have a lot of problems i'm not as happy as i look and yeah. i'm doing a couple of lines yeah he would go from one thing to another thing that didn't make sense who's this uh the garrison garrison yeah, yeah. so when i had the tonight show look at it they didn't hire me if what, Freddie Prince got me the job, I auditioned, and Freddie tell you the best comic at the comedy store is Billy Braven. Craig Tennis came down, saw me, and I got the show. No kidding. Yeah. So let's let's fill in the gap though. So you you after you come out for this uh, this gig, to, yes. to do the was it a pilot or did they air that thing? The no, it, they aired it. They yeah. had about seven shows. And this is like, summer. what, 77? About 78. 78? Yes, 70. And then you decide to move out here? Yeah, I moved out here. And and you auditioned for Mitzi? I auditioned for Mitzi. Oh, this was so great. Yeah. This is the thing. Mitzi, Mitzi loved me. Yeah. And she liked four or five co- I was on every Saturday night with Charlie Fleisch at uh, Landisburg, uh, Jeff Altman. Uh, you Pro- were one of the sweet Jewish guys. I, yeah. She either liked the sweet Jewish guys <laughs> or the complete fucking lunatics. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was sweet, but I was crazy. They didn't, not, all the comments, they, I could stay out there for a minute or two without saying a word, Mark, yeah. and just get laughs, not by making faces, just by looking at them. Exuding and, your, your, your sad, lonely disposition. Yeah, I had no life, <laughs> and they just looked at me. That was sort of your angle. So, But you had that hook. You came out here. I had a hook, yeah. Your, your hook was like, you know, the, 
I'm, I'm, uh, I'm vulnerable. You know, vulnerable, but like, you know, I'm a loser, kind of. Not so, because women like me. Yeah. I've always said- Well, women, you're a cute loser. Yeah, cute. I've had, <laughs> had beautiful women, beautiful women, that, you know, that that really liked me. My ex-girlfriend, Jani. Yeah. I had a, I was living with a French actress, which I can't, she just passed away. I can't oh, yeah. mention her. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, I um, now I like this beautiful, but- I, this, I'm working with this Italian actress, uh-huh. Alicia uh-huh. Petriani. Well, good for you. You're, and, you're, uh, you're, you know, you're, you're a sweet, sensitive Jewish guy. Yeah, but I was thinking of suicide. That she was going to leave me, one of my girlfriends. Yeah, and I, I was going to hang myself, but I was allergic to hemp. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I had to do the comic shit. That's all right. But uh, all right, so let's let's talk about the evolution of this thing. So you you what what was the experience with Mitzi? I mean, because this is really within three years or so of it, you know, really being a place, right? The place opened like seventy five, right? Right, seventy four, something, something like, that. like that. And so you're in the first crew. So who's hanging around? Because I had Jimmy Walker in here. He, he brought you up. Jimmy Jimmy Walker, mm-hmm. uh, David David Brenner, uh-huh. Steve, yeah, Lannisburg, Letterman, Letterman, uh, Leno, Leno. Um, Lewis, Lewis, Lebitkin, the big yeah. Was Lebitkin there? Steve or, Lebitkin, yeah, yeah. He, I was so fr- he was such a, you know what happened? Yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. You knew him now. He was very there. well. So that happened when you were here. Yeah, he said he was going to. Uh, they thought he was kidding, and yeah. he went up and jumped off and the hotel. jumped off the hotel. You knew that guy very well. Good guy great guy in fact we both came out to, he was working folk city when i was working folk city and we came out about the same time and then he worked in a burlesque theater during the afternoon uh-huh. and i used to visit him and, and i what, never thought that would happen but but so you were there for the strike i was there for the strike yeah and what side did you fall on at the comedy store I, w- I, w- I eliminated that i went out I, I went back to new york for a while so i wasn't there i was there when the start when it started but I, I wasn't there as a striker or on her side or anything i just had to go back to new york got some problems yeah so the the thing about the libitkin thing i you know, talked about that a little bit with jimmy walker was you know if people don't know this was you know shortly after the strike was resolved at the comedy store and it's a, sort of a mythic story uh, that revolves around the comedy store is a comic, uh, supposedly because he he wasn't getting spots because of the the position he took in in the strike, he committed suicide. He jumped off the top of the Hyatt next to the comedy. He store. He tried to land on on, on the, the comedy on store, a, on, on and then, actually on Mitzi or you oh, know. Really? No, I'm kidding. Well, no, but you like it's someone so that, sad. Well, there there were jokes uh, about it. I mean, I imagine, but but as a guy, you know, you've been a comic a long time, and I'm a comic a long time. You know, there were guys that you meet in the game that that were a little too fragile. Yeah, was he that kind of guy? I mean, did he have mental problems? He must have had mental because I heard that he did a movie too. The, his parents invested in a movie. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he was a big project and that it didn't, didn't go it anywhere. Didn't go anywhere. You know, it's not just it just crumbled. It takes a yeah. Look at this. We, you're a fighter, and I'm proud of you. Yeah. I read your bio. Yeah, and I'm a I'm I'm coming back at thirty years later. That's a loud truck. That's a truck that knows I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> like an ambulance follows <laughs> me all the time. Everywhere I go, I see an ambulance. So now when did you start? Because like, like you said, you know, you, you were making the rounds. You were on Merv. You are on Dinah. You did Johnny Carson, what, a couple times? Yeah. Uh, what else did you do? Well, I'll tell you what He'll happened. He'll go away in a second. I'll tell you what happened. Um, all of a sudden, I created shows. I created a show called Billy's Bus, yeah, which was a live animated kid show about me and kids, yeah, where we take kids to different places yeah. and we become different heroes each time. And oh, I'm, that's nice. And it was, and it was, I can't say stolen. All of a sudden, NBC buys it and they give us a call, William Morris, that they saw it on PBS. Uh-huh. So 
someone that's gone uh, that's gone and then uh steve gordon found me you know steve he wrote the first author no terrific writer yeah and i was going to do author on television uh-huh. and he signed me to warner brothers to do the pilot and uh-huh. everything and he died mm. And then, then I came up, <laughs> you're going to kill it. Can I continue yeah, this? Absolutely. It's really sad. No, it's a good stuff. And then I came up with another project with the Kyoto Brothers called yeah. Spindly Arms, yeah. which is a home for displaced puppets. Yeah. Puppets, that, and they're ex-show business puppets, yeah, yeah. and they're handled by, a, it's like a Broadway Danny Rose, an agent that couldn't get live people, yeah, yeah, so yeah. he handled puppets. Yeah. So he bought the show, Brandon, yeah. and he died. Yeah. So, so you, you, know, you, you have great timing. You, you, so you know, your, your cosmic timing's a little off. So I, so now we're working on the same thing. We're working on the show and uh, working on a. I, oh, I can't tell you this, but I'm coming out with a cologne. Really, I can't give you the this name. This has got to be a setup. No, no, I'll tell you afterwards off the mic. It has to do with my features, and everybody loves the way I smell. Oh, okay. So, girls, what are you wearing? And I tell them, and they laugh. So, yeah. like, we're p- putting out a cologne, we're getting backing, and it's going to be adorable. You're the first one that'll well, I, that'll, wait, that'll you, smell me. You heard it here. It's an exclusive. <laughs> Billy Braver's cologne will be on the market soon. <laughs> but when did you decide? Like, what is the evolution? Because what I found interesting, and we'll get into the you know the the demise of the first wave of your career in a minute, but you, you go on stage, you don't say much, and uh, the old footage, you, you always carry the lunchbox. Correct. You had the overalls, the lunchbox, you had sort of a, a, a kind of a sad but sweet demeanor. Right. What, wh- where'd the lunchbox come from? Well, I, you know, I used to watch a lot of Chaplin. Yeah. And a lot of Keaton. Yeah. So I took a couple of things when Chaplin ate the shoe. Yeah. I needed a prop. Yeah. And I wanted to carry my vitamins and something because I take a lot of vitamins. Yeah. So my high blood pressure pills. I, I would carry it around. And Merv said it was a great idea. So when I did the Merv, I, brought, I collect toys, by the way, Mark, toy, antique toys. I got uh-huh. a million antique toys. Uh-huh. So I always carried it around. The lunchbox. The lunchbox. Was it one lunchbox or did you have several? I had two lunchboxes. Well, which ones were they? Uh, I had an early uh, Abner Costello uh-huh. and I had a, a Peanuts. Uh-huh. So it was just sort of a device to make you almost more sympathetic in a way. Yeah, in other words, I put it on the stand. Yeah. And then people will, and then I take it, sometimes I open it up and eat a sandwich. Uh-huh. On, <laughs> on yeah. Hollywood Squares, I'd eat a sandwich. They went, what the hell is he doing? You did Hollywood Squares? Yeah, I did Hollywood Squares. A lot? I did it four times, yeah. Uh-huh. And they like, well, I did things where people would say, uh, they'd ask me a question. They'd say, Billy Beaver. Uh-huh. And I'd look at him and say, I don't want to answer him. Yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. I'll give him the wrong Do you answer. remember who the other squares were? Oh, yeah. It was, um, it, it, uh, was Shecky Green. Uh-huh. Um, what's her name? Uh, oh, the Academy Award. Shelley Winters. Uh-huh. Oh, I'll tell you what, Buddy Hackett. Buddy oh, yeah. Hackett would interrupt me all the time. Yeah. You know, they'd like somebody said, who wrote the Star Spangled Banner? Yeah. I said, Steve Kondriva. Uh-huh. So they said, who's he? I said, he's a friend of mine. He told me he wrote it. He wouldn't lie to me. I'm working with Helen Reddy in Chicago. People are coming over. Did your friend really write the stars? Come on. I swear. I'm not kidding you. So I worked that. I had a lot of fun on that. I would do my own thing. I'd eat a sandwich. Shelly would rub my face. Shelly Winters and, and Shecky Green. I tried to contact him. Are you friends with him? Yeah, I could get his number. I no, could. I have it, but oh, he doesn't do? seem to want to do any interviews. Some yeah. guy wrote about him. He got mad about it. Really? Yeah. Well, that's sad. Yeah. Is he all right? Yeah, he's okay. You, yeah. you never know. Who else are you in contact with uh, from I'm, the old days? Jeff Waltman. 
Yeah, I see Jeff around. Yeah, Jeff. Yeah. Jeff I'm, I'm working on a project now. I'm I'm trying to do Sob Story as a reality show. Oh yeah, we'll, right. We'll, the documentary. We'll do yeah. But like, okay, so here you are. You're doing Hollywood Squares. Did you do the dating game? I did the dating game. Yeah. yeah. How'd you know that? How many times did you do that? I did that once. The dating game. I had a lot of fun. Well, there was these these shows that are now sort of like long gone. Yeah. Uh, that were that people I don't think realize were showcases for young comics. Yes. Yeah, Steve that, Martin did it too. Sure. I mean, it, it was uh, every. There was a Robert Wool. I remember yeah, Robert Wool. Right. Uh, and then and but Hollywood Squares. I mean, that was sort of a bigger break, wasn't it? Oh, it's it? great. Hollywood Squares was people knew me more from Hollywood Squares and uh, and the, what's his name the Dick Clark show than anything that I did what was Dick Clark's show I did the American Bandstand oh really one of the few have comics. comics one of the few he very seldom had a comic but he liked me he uh. saw me on Griffin they called and they said we like to have Billy oh wow so how many times did you do Merv Griffin about four or five. Yeah, and it was towards the end that they. Nice they, guy, very nice. Mike Douglas, did the you best, Mike Douglas? The best of all was Mike Douglas. You, you did Mike Douglas too. He lo- he fall on the forefoot. He he liked me. Yeah, yeah, more than my parents. He really <laughs> cared for me. So okay, so what, now at the peak of your career, what were you doing? Were you headlining? What was the what was? I was co I was on on tour with uh, Glenn Campbell, uh, Helen Reddy. Uh, my great acts were uh, uh, what's his name? Harry Chapin. Mm-hmm. Remember him? He was yeah. terrific. And the Cats Se- in the Cradle, right? Se- Seals and Croft. Sure. These I was going with the good cerebral acts, uh, and then I played uh, the um, oh, what was it? The uh, not the Forum. I played uh, uh, Greek. Not, the Greek. The Greek. I played mm-hmm. the Greek with uh, the Moody Blues. And what What do you do when you open for a band? Twenty. I do 20 minutes until I got them quiet. I, the people would come in and I said, look, one time I had an audience that was so difficult and they were coming up for me on the stage. And I said, look, it'll take 20 minutes to get an ambulance. So if I die, just let me talk to you. I'll tell you a little about, you know, you probably had a similar life to mine, you know? And they would laugh. I can't imagine what that must be like for a subtle act to get up on stage and do 20 minutes for a concert crowd but those were those were those people were, they seem like a polite audience i got people to you name i got to them. yeah i played the white house for with helen reddy for the president which uh, president uh, uh, grant no <laughs> carter carter yeah. carter carter yeah uh, and uh they liked oh uh, and i worked with helen's husband oh god you, you, jeff wall uh-huh. And it was fun. But like you mentioned the dating game. Yeah. They'd ask you questions. What do you like in a woman? I said, not a big woman. I don't want to get hurt. Yeah. I usually like a woman that smells with stretch marks. Uh-huh. <laughs> and they, they didn't know what to do with me. Well, I imagine you didn't get the date. No, I did get the date. I was, on. The, I was the one that picked. Really? I picked a beautiful girl. Uh-huh. And we went to Vegas. I said, I play Vegas. I don't want to go to Vegas. Send me somewhere else. But they sent us to Vegas. With so wait, a sh- I, you, you were... Uh, uh, I was the name. I was this, the, the host, uh, the guest. Oh, you were the guest. You weren't part of the panel. No, no. So it was women. Yeah. You got to pick a girl. I got to pick a girl. How'd that date go? Very nice. Did you get laid? Uh, excuse me? Did you get laid? No, but she... It's, not no, but I smelt her a lot. I, uh-huh. I did a lot. No, of, I always wondered about the dating. So they send a chaperone. They send a chaperone. But you get rid of the chaperone. She liked me. I was a good dancer, cha cha mambo. You know, yeah, you she, she shook my stuff? ass a yeah, lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we were dancing a lot, and I took her up to the room, and I, I could, I touched her. You did all right. I said, "Can I at least smell you?" So that's it. I had my nose. You know, come on. I swear, I smelt her. That's it. <laughs> that's it. I didn't, didn't know. I swear, to, I could lie to you. Yeah, I know. I'm, Should I, I lie to you? No, I fucked her. <laughs> no, I. It, <laughs> if you want to go with I smelt her I smelt her yeah okay I wanted a, that's what I'm using for my cologne I'm, I'm bottling that stuff okay 
So, all right. So now this is like what the late seventies. Can I say I'm enjoying this? Yeah, thank you. I'm enjoying it too. Uh, thank you. So now we're in the in like in in all the this sort of time that you were in in Hollywood that time at the Comedy Store and and doing you know the Johnny Show and whatever. Do you, are there there are moments where like were you close? Who were who was your who were your guys at the Comedy Store? Who'd you hang out with? Well, I hung out with Steve Lannisberg, Jimmy. He's Walker. a very brilliant guy, right? He was the I he used to crack me up more than anybody. I mean, he would do a thing on Jolson, yeah, where his, his Jolson's father and, and Jolson and Jolson wanted to become an entertainer. Yeah. What his father said to him, yeah, and with his voices, uh-huh. I would be on. First time I heard him, yeah, he was on. I think Sullivan. Uh-huh. And when I came out here, he saw me at the bitter end. We became friends that day, yeah. And from that moment on, I I miss him. You didn't do Sullivan? No, I was too young. Was, yeah, that was it. He David, was a little... The other guy with the no, David Brenner did Sullivan. Yeah, yeah, you, you look a little like him. Yeah, a little bit. Did but you I, guys get along? Yes, we did a lot. In fact, one time he was dating Miss uh, Miss Israel, uh-huh. and when he left her, I went out with her. So you both dated Miss Israel. <laughs> he didn't know that. Yeah. Does that so that what does that make you a special Jew? <laughs> a special Jew. Yeah, so what, now you don't have to go to <laughs> Israel. No, I don't you, have to go. You sleep with Miss Israel, you're off the hook. <laughs> right. You can stay here. You've done your bit. And I done my bit. <laughs> Mark. Yeah. Billy. And and then what happened? So you're doing all right in show business. Yeah, I was doing okay, and then my shows were stolen. I had a heartbreak. And the heartbreak I, with the, on the industry side. Yeah, Philly's bus was stolen, and then I pitched uh, a couple other shows, and then I saw what I can't mention, and I don't want to get sued, on television, and I I was heartbroken. You had proof that these were your shows? Yeah, yeah I had proof. Registered proof. And they were like, fuck you. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then what? That sent you into depression? What happened? Well, all of a sudden, I was walking on Ventura Boulevard, you know, uh, mm-hmm. uh, in the valley. Mm-hmm. The guy yells out an Englishman, Billy Braver, Billy Braver. I go over and it's a dealership, car dealership. And he said, I'm a fan of yours. What do you do? And I said, I'm lonely. I'm just walking the streets doing nothing. And you know what I was doing? I was selling Rolex, phony Rolexes on the street. And people would come over to me and say, I just saw you on Hollywood Squares. But why were you doing that? I mean, was there a choice made? I mean, at some point, were you not making money in show business? Was there a moment where where you were like, I'm, I'm finished? Yeah. When I did just, that? I just had, well, I lost my mom and my dad and... and um, I just had enough. I just, I, in fact, the, the last show I did for money was uh, with the Moody Blues, and I said, "This is my last show," and they were laughing. They thought it was my act. I said, "I know you love me, but I have no life. I come home to my toys. I have no. My wife left. This happened." And the first is, wife. Yeah. No, that was a long time ago. How many wives you had? Well, no, I, I was with living with a couple of ladies. You a know, couple of ladies. Not at the same time. Okay. Right. The same time. So I quit, and, I, and this man saw me on the street. I told him what I was doing. He said, "How would you like to sell cars?" I said, no, nothing about it. How would you like to sell sobs? So I got into selling sobs. So here you were, your business now, you quit comedy, you're depressed, and you're wandering the streets? Not wander, but in good clothes. I took showers, you know, I was... <laughs> so you had a place to live still. <laughs> I had a place to live. I had a beautiful place. I keep looking at my friend. And you, and, and, t- and you were selling Rolexes, fake Rolexes? Well, they knew it was fake, you know. Yeah. To producers that I knew. Uh, you know, who was my... Ricardo Montalban was my biggest... He bought a lot of watches from me. So you're selling fake Rolexes to Ricardo Montalban. <laughs> to come Ricardo Montalban. They all knew it was fake. You know, Do you have any other clients? Uh, <laughs> I could mention a couple of producers, you know, and Philly, what are you doing? and this is what I was doing. I just had well, no heart to get up there. And then... Did people feel bad for you? Yes, they'd out? call me up, Louis Anderson. All the guys would call me, Billy, there's nobody like you. So they brought me back to the 40th anniversary. They said, you have to come. Mitzi's calling you. So I got up. You know, Mitzi's not well either. No, I, I work she, over there sometimes. But she, all right, let's, so, so you're on the street 
You can sell cars. Yeah. Well, so the guy says, yeah, I know nothing about it. So then what happens? I started selling sobs and I became the best salesman. It was hysterical what went on that day. Everybody would shut the door when I sold the car because I didn't know what I was doing. Uh-huh. People would come in. To, yeah. And this is all true. Mm-hmm. What do you do? I said, what do you think I do? I'm standing here. I'm a salesman. Mm-hmm. He says, is the car safe? I said, I don't know. He said, but you sell sobs. I said, what does that have to do with me if you like the car? <laughs> Do you own a sub? I said, no. What do you own? I walk here. Yeah. I'm doing this whole shtick. Yeah. Don't you think I sold them a car at the end? Yeah. Did you? I did. And you know what I get for prizes? What? When they find out they like me. Yeah. Where's my keychain? You know you buy a car, Mark. Is yeah. it a keychain? Yeah. I said, come to my car. Uh-huh. I open up the trunk and I'd give them a porno. Yeah. I bought 150 pornos for $2 a tape and uh-huh. I'd give them out uh-huh. to good customers. Uh-huh. They would never tell the boss. Uh-huh. And I'd, I'd give them. The time I had in there, they would be hysterical. The owner would close the door. He didn't know what I'd ever do. I had a heavy set guy get into a small sob. He couldn't get out. I yeah. said, this car's meant for you. Don't ever get out. <laughs> we'll open up the windows, you'll fly. <laughs> and he bought the car. Come on. Gay guys would come in and yeah. say, can I have a different color? Yeah. I said, I don't have. This is the only color. But I love this car. Can you change the color? Yeah. I go across the street from the paint store. I buy a can of paint. Uh-huh. And I'm ready to open it. You uh-huh. want a different color? I'll give you a different color. <laughs> I had so much fun. And then, <laughs> and you were the top salesman. I was the top. Now, uh, Robert Thompson was the top, but I was one of the best yeah. salesmen because uh-huh. sometimes I wouldn't want to wait on him. I said, "You don't, you know." Yeah, I won't deal with that. No, guy. I won't deal. And it's a they com- sent all the Jews to me. By yeah. the way, they were difficult. It's a commission racket, right? <laughs> commission. You get two hundred fifty dollars a car and, and salary. It was terrible. But 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 like I've never talked to somebody that had because this is a different a, a question I have because I've been in my you know in, in my own. You career, have, like right. where I kind of bottomed out and I didn't think it was going to go, but I couldn't see a way out of it. Like I could not, like I cannot sort of fathom or understand the heartbreak of stopping comedy or giving up on show business. Now, I mean, did you experience that? Well, I didn't exactly give up. What I did do, I, mean, I should have told you this early, I did free shows. I went on tour to do shows for diabetes for arthritis, I went to New Orleans with a lot of with uh, with uh, oh uh, what's his name the comedian uh, a, a lot of comedians and a couple of singers named singers and we would do shows. So I performed for nothing. I would prefer that. I just went out and performed. For what, nothing. Why? What the, the pressure or what? Was it pressure? I just felt that I wasn't strong. Maybe I wasn't that fighter like a Muhammad Ali to continue. I just felt that. But every time I got on stage, they would scream. It was something that I had like a Streisand would have. People, they, people come over, we love you. When I do a television show, they cook for me. People call up the station. They want to cook for me. They want to dress me. Now, I'm not, this is, you know, they want to take, that was the type of thing with character where they take, like Jack Benny. I was like a combination of Woody and Jack. Mm-hmm. I would do takes for a minute. And get, I would eat a sandwich on stage and people would say, what the fuck is he doing? Mm-hmm. But they would laugh. And then when I started working the saw place, the guy comes in. He said, I was a junior agent when you were with Creative Artists. 
with Tony Krantz because he was going to sell one of my shows with the Kyoto Brothers. And um, that's him, the Kyoto Brothers. That's one of of it. The other two, they fight each other. They're going to die too because they kill each other. Mm -hmm. So I know them too. Eventually, they're going to kill each other. Um, So the guy who worked at the place? No, he came in an agent. As a customer. He said, are you Billy Brevo with the lunchbox? I said, yeah. He said, I love Billy's bus, whatever happened. I said, Billy's bus was stolen. You guys, nobody did anything, you know? Yeah. It was taken away from me, and NBC saw it on another channel. No. So he said, I came to buy a car. I said, I hate, I hate agents. You can't buy a car from me. Go fuck yourself. He leaves. <laughs> Next day, they were watching me, him and someone else, with me and customers. He came in and he Who, said- Who, the agent? Yeah. He said, you know what? I'd like to do a documentary on you. Yeah. He says, you're something. The people would love it. You know, I want to call it Sob Story. I wow. said, terrific. So we started- So he sh- made up for it. He made up for uh-huh. it. So we shot this Sob Story, and you know what? I won. In Sonoma Film Festival, Best Short, I won in New York. Uh-huh. And uh, we won Best Director here in uh, in, uh, in uh, California. And that was Max Joseph who did it, who was the director. Max Joseph uh-huh. of Sob Story. Terrific kid. Really knew what he was doing. Uh-huh. And uh, now we're trying to do it as a reality show where I'm working as a comic, but I'm, st- as a th- but I'm still going out. In other words, You're I get working a- as a car salesman. Car- but I get a call in the middle of a customer for an agent. I go for an audition, give it to another salesman. Uh-huh. And all the funny things that happen to me, mm-hmm. I want to do it as a reality show or a sitcom. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to get the right writers for that. But what really happened uh, with the <laughs> yeah, too car? Much. Oh, what really happened? Yeah. <laughs> Sob went out of business. <laughs> Last year, I swear, so we were going to be reps for Saab. They they saw the tape. They thought I'd be great. You know, like that girl who does the progressive. Was it progressive? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. A, the redhead. Yeah, the red. Whatever. I was going to be the spokesman, and they went out of business. So I had to leave. So now I'm unemployed, and that's when they called me to do the anniversary. So I did that last show, and now. I go home, look at my toys, and uh, you're back. I'm back. Well, like I noticed, I saw, I saw the film, and um, like outside before you went on stage before the 40th anniversary. Yes, yeah, I, I mean, did. You, you yeah, decided, I was, you decided you wanted to try sort of tr- go back, go back and a you little went bit. Went to, to, back to the Laugh Factory. Correct. He was a, he was a fan of mine years ago. Masadi, yeah, back when it was just a hallway of a club, uh, yeah. less than a hallway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I felt that you go in there, you get killed. Yeah, yeah. They didn't know if somebody's going to kill you from each angle. There's just nothing there. There was there's nothing, nothing there. there. No. So there's just like this long, uh, you know, room with a, the stage at the back R- with right. Fraser Smith on. Fraser Smith, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> hey, I'm sorry about my laugh. It's all right, it, but that's. Uh, but that's what it was. And yeah. you walk in there and go, what the fuck is this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And there was no backstage. You just stood no. over there by that door. Right, right. Until somebody just <laughs> touches <laughs> you on the other. Brings you up. Brings you up. But when you went back on, yeah, it was very interesting. Because how old are you, if you don't mind me asking? In my 60s. Yeah. So you go on. How old do you think I am? I, much younger. Oh, okay. I sweet. I <laughs> they say 58. You know, <laughs> 58. the girls. I t- I'm lying to my Italian friends. <laughs> <laughs> I, she's a friend. She's married. I don't. Yeah. yeah. But, but okay. So you know, I watched this. You know, and uh, you know, being a comic and 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 you know, knowing what it's like, and you're going to go on stage again at at a you know legitimate club for the first time, and you're you're in your sixties, yeah, and you're wearing a, a, a stupid a, overalls. No, you weren't. Oh, come on, you were wearing a sweater or something. Oh, I was wearing a sweater. Good, good. Yeah, you're wearing a sweater, and, yeah. and I'm like, well, there he's back, and then he's yeah. like, he's got his fucking lunchbox. <laughs> yeah, that was stupid. Yeah. <laughs> that was idiotic. You know, but you felt safe with it. I yeah, guess. Yeah. Well, you know who I know who mentioned. Me. You know Marty Ehrlichman? Uh-uh. 
He's Barbara Streisand's manager. Yeah. I've been on and off with him for 30 years. Yeah. He's done nothing for me. <laughs> Gives me money. <laughs> He's a great guy. I love uh -huh. him. And concerts. I see uh -huh. all the concerts. Yeah. You know, if you you have like, a next yeah. one, if you want to go, I'll get you a ticket. You like Barbara Streisand? Uh, yeah. She, I love her. Do you know her? Very little. But anyway, we, we went to eat at the, um, what's that steak place? Medeo? Yeah. Medeo's. And uh, Marty Sith invited me, invited Barbara, and we sat there. And, and uh, you know, I started asking, doing some funny stuff, and just he started kicking me under the table. Yeah. Not to do, I said, Barbara's kicking me. I said, you know, Barbara, I belong to a bowling team. I'm the captain. Uh -huh. And I need somebody, you know, to be co-captain. Uh -huh. Would you think of doing it? Uh-huh. And she's looking, they look at me like I'm in, and he's kicking me. I said, he's kicking me, you know, like my little yeah, boy. Yeah. So she said, I can't. I said, just call me if you can make it, you know. Yeah, yeah. I said, the only problem is if you come, you have to bring your own pins. <laughs> they cracked up. <laughs> that was it? You have to bring your own bowling pins. Right. You know, because it's automatic. It's a joke. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Forget about Barbara. That's a joke. I, I do that between Marty and I. Uh-huh. And he's been very good to me. And the Kyo then I met the Kyoto brothers, the, the true people that believe in me. So we became partners. Do you, did you ever get to the point? Do you, do you have an hour of material? Or you I got don't? thirty minutes. Yeah, thirty. Like well, eight, that's about it. I did thirty, and I was able to do when I was on the road twenty. Uh huh. And then they bring me back for a bow. You know, I would talk to them, uh -huh. and I could I'd live for another twenty minutes. Uh -huh. I'd sit on the steps, uh -huh. and anybody asked me questions about my life or anything, and I would just make them laugh. And at the fortieth anniversary. Who was there? Oh, everybody was there. Louis was there. Louis Jeff, Anderson. Jeff Waldman Jeff was there. They chose Tim Roberts. Tim, uh, Tim. Tim. Oh, Tim Thomerson. Yeah, Tim Thomerson. Tim. Yeah. Oh, you see, you you make me feel good. I'm getting a chill. You bring back all the guys. See, I thought we were funny at that time. Yeah. And I go back now and like, look, I shouldn't say this, but what? some some of these guys are not funny. <laughs> the new guys. <laughs> Oh, oh! I thought you meant you went back and looked at your own tapes. Oh no, <laughs> no, we we were special. I think. Yeah, I think, I think we were. I think we made people happy. Mm -hmm. But Tim Thomerson was there. Uh, they had film on uh, on Letterman and and uh, Leno. Mm -hmm. That film on that. Mm -hmm. And you know, I was supposed to, Leno. I was one of his favorite comics. Wait, Clark. Like Clark, yeah, yeah. Like Clark. With the voice. Uh-huh. Yeah, he's a great guy. He was a nice guy, too. He, I think he was a doorman, he started, sure. something like that, right? Harris Pete. Harris yeah. Pete. Yeah, shit, you go for, So how come you didn't know me? I wasn't there. I was uh. a guy, you know, the thing about the comedy story is that when you enter that world, you enter the, the mythological world of the comedy store uh -huh. as well. Like, the comedy store is a very unique place. I think when you were there... It was it was a, a thriving, you know, very important club. But by the time I got there uh, to be a doorman in the late '80s, you know, uh, the last guy to really come out of there, well, I, I was there when Kennison became big, uh -huh, wow. and he might have been a maybe probably what, you were probably already gone by the time but he I was knew, a doorman. Yeah, he was so great. right. But but you know what you get is you sit there every night. You live at that place. You don't go anywhere else. I lived in Crest Hill. Uh, that Mitzi owned behind the place. Oh, behind that. You. Oh, were you there when uh, Dice Clay was? No, there? I was in his old room. Uh, so did it smell? No, no, no they cleaned it. They I, cleaned. Was, I was at Crest Hill. Uh, Tamayo lived there when I was there. Uh -huh. um, uh, Todd Lemish, who you probably don't no, know. No, I don't know Todd Lemish. But uh, and then there's a couple other people, and people would come and go. But you know, you you just sort of absorb the mythology of the place. So when I was there. 
you know, Harris Pete was sort of around. He had been gone, and then he'd come back. And you know, he was this guy that was one of the you know you, you didn't know who he was. Uh, his act was what it was, but right. you know, he was part of the history of the place. Right, so, it was history. Right, so you would just glean stories. Uh, you know about people that may have been true they might not have been true and you're just walking around all these pictures all the time uh, and, it, and it, it starts to play with your head and it's got its own world it's its own world i know you know the picture of me up there with my over standing there with the microphone yeah i was they took it down somebody i think it was a comic that keeps calling me oh really <laughs> he wants to be on my uh, facebook or i don't want him on my he's facebook got, he's got so the, he, he was saying i think he took my picture, he's down. Got I, your I, picture? I think he's got my picture i got but, but like what was some of the like you know i mean i always try to get a sense of like what fascinates me is at that time there was a camaraderie between correct guys that that you know are huge stars now and you know i i don't know if what you say is necessarily true we can talk about that in a minute about the current crop of comics or whatever you experience but but it's interesting to me to to picture you you know letterman leno as as guys in their 20s who were just trying to to get a break and I, you know, I mean, in when I, when I talk to you guys, I mean, I, it's it, like I, I can't even imagine what the memories must be like. Oh, it's it's you know, the first time I I, I lived in the same place that Letterman lived. I think it was sixty, uh, uh, right on Sunset. I forgot the address. It's now a hotel. Uh-huh. So we all lived there, and then Jay came and Jay stayed with me for a couple of days till he got his own place too. Uh huh. From the, uh, from he, he was in oh he's in Boston. He, or yeah, and he was coming in, and then. Every time I'd leave, I was doing. I was doing at that time, Dinah, Dinah Shore. Now, this is another thing. Like I remember that. Like I'm 49, so oh, my young. my memories of, of of her. Like I'm a very young kid, very and, my, young and, kid. I, and I remember if I was you know homesick from school. <laughs> I remember she was very pretty. And I remember uh, that Burt Reynolds was fucking her. That's yeah, all I that's remember. A, yeah. Like I don't know what her place in the world was. I guess she, she was a singer. She was a singer. Yeah. But she liked comics. She loved comics, and she had these heavy arms. I used to love her polkas. Yeah. I used to squeeze an arm. I used oh to, really? I love these, especially with hair under the arm. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. I'm into that shit. Yeah. I love that. So, all right, all right. And she liked me. She invited me to her club, her private club. Oh yeah. Yeah. So uh, I had a lot of fun with her. She would d- d- do things with me that were very funny. And she said, you crack up the band. And I would do some wild stuff with her. Like know? what? Well, I, I would do, uh, she said, what do you see in a woman? I thought, I said, not yeah. a big woman. I don't want right, to get sure, hurt. Sure, sure, very sure. heavy, sweats a lot, smells, yeah. you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> she loved that. Yeah. And all the things. Then we talk about my nose. You notice my nose. Yeah. And I tell you, we're not on camera. And I, yeah. She said, would you ever have it fixed? I said, I did, but the swelling never went down. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Now, when you like, so you lived what across the hall from Letterman? Yeah, around the yeah. I think he was on the second floor. I was on the. How first many floor. other comics were there? Just you guys? I think just just Letterman was there for a while. Myself and uh, and this was uh, before anything really happened for him, huh? Yeah, yeah. And what, what what kind of guy was he like? Nice guy. Well, he's nice. He always said to me, "I love your character. You're like Jack Benny." But now I'm trying to get on a show, and it's difficult. So well, he has a couple of the old guys on there. Yeah, I'd like a, 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 my biggest fan over there is Jeff Altman keeps and uh, what's his name and Tom Dreesen who's a fan of mine so right. he said I'll, I'm trying to get you on and so. Dreesen used to uh, does Dreesen uh, he does Letterman that's right does he do Leno as well or no? I don't know I don't know I think it's just Letterman sure there's, there's still that tension right Altman just does Letterman I tell you it's very interesting to me you know like I had Jimmy Walker in here for two hours that guy's got a mind he's got a memory oh boy. Yeah. yeah it was interesting because he said that uh, you know Bud Friedman will never forgive me for going you know for choosing the comedy store 
And I'm like, how, how, what do you mean never forgive you? I mean, that's what is that? It's like 30 years ago, 40 yeah. years ago already. He's like, yeah, come on. And I had Bud Freeman in here. Yeah. And I said, oh, so okay. you got any resentments? He's like, Jimmy Walker can fuck Jimmy. Like he still, it was really? true. Yeah. After all is said and done, this many years later, the one guy and Bud that, Freeman comes up with is Jimmy Walker. And that, wow, that's so sad. It shows, <laughs> it's so, shows you so sad. He asked me too, and I used to play at the comedy. She said, please stay here. And I did. I stayed with her. With, with Mitzi? With Mitzi, all those years. I remember uh, we'd have a party over her Wait, house. So were you over there? So you'd, oh, well, go ahead. Yeah, you no, I'm sorry. You had a party at her house? I'm like, well, that story sounds better than me. No, we'd have parties at her house, just swim Up parties. Uh, yeah, yeah. And one time all the comics were there and they were all doing jokes. And when they came to me, all I did was eat a cake and had it all over my face. Yeah. I got the biggest laugh. Oh, really? Yeah. So so I did a lot go, of silence stuff. You guys would go over there and swim at Mitzi's? Yeah. No, I was there just one time for this oh. party. Yeah. But, oh, I, but I remember a time with uh, with the David Brenner in Vegas, which yeah. was on And this woman came. We were sitting by the pool and a woman came over to us. You're mm -hmm. David Brenner. You're Billy yeah. Braver. Mm -hmm. My husband's playing cards. She wanted to get away. Yeah. So I took her up to the room. Yeah. I don't know if he ever did too. So I, I, I never asked him. But it was a fun day. <laughs> It was a fun day. I, I've had a lot of, you know, my father walking down the aisle, he said to my wife, what are you seeing him? You know, uh -huh. I swear. They yeah, were, well, they, they see were, something, huh? Yeah, it was something. What Now, okay, so let's talk about this feeling that you have. I mean, you know, you mentioned Tim Thomerson, you mentioned uh, Louis Anderson, oh, you, yeah. you know, Jeff Altman, you know, was it was a very funny, he's still very <laughs> funny. Good. Uh, I have not talked to him. But, uh, you know, in retrospect, do you, do you, do you have some sort of, do you, are you disappointed? Well, I'm disappointed that I let it go. Even Billy Crystal said to me one time, why did you let it go? I'm disappointed because I wasn't a fighter. Yeah. I, I took things to heart. Yeah. And it hurt me. Yeah. And um, at that time, I was taking care of some people that were ill. And yeah. you know, I, I went another route. Yeah. And I felt maybe I should be a doctor, freelance gynecologist or something, sure. get away from all that shit. But you just you ended up selling cars and then just sort of like you know having a life outside of that. Yeah. But you never destitute, right? No, no, no. I always made a buck. No, I, <laughs> I, I always did well. Now I'm trying to get back into commercials and stuff. No, I'm going. I'm going back. Uh, and um, in fact, as Thomas said, Billy, anytime you want to come back, I'm trying to get the film from that night of what I did mm -hmm. because it was a great shot. Where's this? At the Which? comedy store at the 40th anniversary. I'm trying to get the film, so it's difficult. They may try. I think they're trying to sell it. Tommy for TV. said you come back. Tommy at the comedy store. Yeah, yeah. He did, they they loved me. All those and Mitzi. You know, I I did I I did things that I I bent down my back. I got a bad back. <laughs> yeah. So I says, it's not the back, it's the nose, the gravity. <laughs> I and I do a lot of sight, you know. Yeah, like, no, like, yeah, uh, you, got, you got good physical timing. Yeah, you it's, it's all, yeah. Do you like me so far? No, I liked you before. Oh, good. But but now tell me about your impression of new comics and what you think the difference is. Well, it's a difference. It's, it's, I, I think timing has a lot to do with it. They go more for the joke. I haven't seen that many, but a lot of these guys are boom, 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 boom. You mm -hmm. know, like, They were always there, though. Yeah, they, you had guys boom, 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 but you had guys that did good character comedy, yeah. which I preferred. Uh -huh. Like I saw the, uh, uh, what's his name, invited me, Billy Crystal, to his one-man show. I flipped out. It was one of the best one-man shows I've ever seen. Yeah. His timing. He was terrific he yeah. was good yeah nice guy to you not really yeah i mean I, you know <laughs> he's okay yeah he's a, well, well i'll tell you thinks the world of himself well i'll tell you what happened you want to hear what happened yeah. i can't get sued for this can i you're not gonna get sued for anything okay i brought the seagulls 
up to him. Oh, let's wait. We didn't <laughs> set that up yet. Okay. You walked in here with a couple of, uh, what do you call those, uh, animation? Yeah. Play, uh, the, yeah. You're terrific. Thanks for setting things up. Well, yeah, well, no, you come in, you walk in, you got what looks to be the pictures. So I'm I, like, oh, he brought me stuff I can yeah, put on the wall. Yeah, I'll bring yeah. you pictures to put on the wall. And I go, what is that? So what are you, you're walking around it's, with their animation stills. They're, yeah, what you, I, they're it's, not uh, it's called storyboards. Is storyboards, what right. Okay, okay. Illustrations, and they're done by Disney artists. Mm-hmm. And they believed in this. It was called the Seagulls. When and did they, this? When did you create this? About ten years ago. Okay, so the Seagulls is back. <laughs> it's back. <laughs> it's called. It's called the Pigeons now. I changed it from the Jewish thing to the Pigeons. No, it's called the Seagulls. Yeah. And Billy Crystal loved it. Mm-hmm. Ten years ago. Ten years ago. Okay. Maybe no, maybe about six years ago. Okay. On that, I took yeah. it to him. He said, "I want to do it. I want you to meet my manager. You know his manager? Uh, which one? His name is David Steinberg. David Steinberg handles uh, Robin Williams. Right, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, he says, "I love it. Let's do it." You uh-huh. know? Okay. So I said, "Call my lawyer." And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, they wanted to give me seventy-five thousand, and I was out of it. Something like that. Uh-huh. So I. Dismissed not a, it. That's not a bad nut. Yeah, but it, it, uh, something like that. That's right. my. I okay. didn't want to do it. I, I okay. felt this had something, and I. Had, I you crea- wanted to be part of it. I created it. You didn't want to just sell it outright. Right. Yeah. So that let go of that, and uh-huh. uh, it went well. But yeah. they decided not to do it. Yeah. <laughs> they, they had another show called Birds of a Feather after they looked at my stuff. In other words, they were going to steal my stuff and call it Birds of a Feather. I said, you can't do that. Uh-huh. And Norm Crosby said to him, you can't do it. He said, I'm not going to do either one. Yeah, yeah, In other yeah. words, he showed it to his writers. He handled yeah. some writers from Saturday Night Live. Uh-huh. Norm want- Crosby said, we don't have to penetrate this type of behavior. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> That's a great impression. I don't know if he hears anything anyway. He won't hear a word I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, no. Oh, God. Oh. So wait, what is the pitch on the seagulls? What the hell is it? Well, it, it's about birds that migrate to New York, yeah. and they, they live in Florida. They're snowbirds. Uh-huh. And they, <laughs> it's all it's all uh, ethnic birds. You got Puerto Rican birds. You got Jewish birds. You sure. got you got everybody. You got yeah. a bird with a hair. You got a bird with Tourette's syndrome. Oh, really? That you never, says, never know when he's going to say, fuck you, you know, uh-huh. and all that stuff. Sure. So it could be very, very funny. You got to, is, is this for children or no. people in other folks? This is not for children. It's no. for senile people. <laughs> it's for the home people in Florida, you know, for the old Jews and wheel. We got an old Jew. She flies with a wheelchair. Okay. Not a wheelchair. What do you Called the, uh, uh, I don't know. Those, uh, you know what they walk with a walker. walker. She I flies see. with a walker. Okay, okay. So it's, it's funny. It's, it's, yeah. it's, 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 so I'm going to look, for, you know, see if I could get the right writers for this. A uh-huh. couple of guys with my ideas. Uh-huh. And the Kyoto brothers will do the animation. So okay. it's great. Yeah. Do you ever, do you ever, uh, why, why don't you tour the, uh, the old people places? Uh, so they wouldn't understand them too. You'd have to do, you'd have Come to. On, what do you mean they wouldn't understand? Because my friend does it. Lee Silverman, he does. They, they fall asleep on you. <laughs> Some of them die. They have an ambulance waiting. You know, it's that they, they wouldn't get my. I'm hip, you know. I, I'm not hip. I talk about. Yeah, give me a number. I'll go. I'll call. I'll go. Have you done it? Have you gone to Florida? No. For, why why would you I, do that? Well, I'm, they, they definitely won't understand me. No, they wouldn't but understand. But you, they'd want to, you know. They'd well, what can me. I talk about? The only thing they'd understand is my Jewish motorcycle gang. Uh-huh. About the, the oh, leader, yeah, what does that mean? The leader was a rabbi who uh-huh. wore a yarmulke. Uh-huh. He had a tattoo on his arm. It said, born to invest wisely. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
Yeah, look at that. Yeah, you, of just, they you, just, you just killed with the people that can hear. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'd have to give them eye drops for glaucoma. You know, in the middle of the act, you take out the eye drops, walk sure, down, give yeah, them for yeah. glaucoma, sure, ear drops. Yeah, yeah, whatever they need. Steth- whatever they need. Wake some people up. You know. you know, I used to walk out on stage when I first started. Yeah. And I worked, uh, what is that other, uh, besides Folk City, I worked Catch a Rising Star. Yeah. That's where I auditioned. There were 110 comics auditioning oh, that's right, for that for show. The, uh, for the Dean Martin replacement. I came out with an oxygen tent over my, an oxygen mask over my face. The mm-hmm. place went wild. And that was it. That was the last of the oxygen. And that was, uh, so Catch a Rising Star in the mid to late 70s. That yeah. Was, that was quite a scene. That was a great scene, yeah. yeah I worked yeah, it a couple of times. Yeah. Uh, from the bitter end, I'd go to Catch a Rising Star. Uh-huh. But the bitter end was my home. He kept me there for six months. I was the only comic to play six, be there for six months for Paul Colby. Uh-huh. He's still around. Yeah? He's a nice man, yeah. Do you remember that guy? Who was the guy that used to, uh, the comedy manager... Uh, Manny Roth. I've heard of that name. Yeah. They used to they used to do comedy at the Village Gate. You remember the Village Gate? It was oh, right across great. the street from the Bitter End. Yes, and uh, they did that when, it, when that was uh, that had been around for a long time. Music venue, and they were doing that. And Manny Roth used to hang around. He used to he was one of Pryor's first managers. Uh huh. You know? I know the name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, yeah, a, yeah. he's, a, he's a he's a character. You know, uh, yeah. he's David Lee Roth's uncle. Uh, David Lee, really? Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> David Lee Roth comes from a little bit of a show business family. Wow. Do you remember when Pryor used to come into yes. the store? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Genius. He used to do late Saturday nights. I would be on Saturday, Saturday sometimes, uh-huh. and I I would be on with uh, Steve. She'd had four guys before him. It would be Steve, myself, and maybe a couple other people. Landisberg dated her, correct? Correct. Like for a while, right? Well, he was dating her. Yeah, I was dating an Italian actress at that time, and we would meet at Mitzi's place all the time. Uh huh. And we were like very close, all of the four of us. Uh huh. And then he met someone else. Yeah, Diana Canova. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, it's just like for me, by the time I got to the store, you know, Mitzi was just this terrifying force that yeah. uh, would come occasionally and everybody would freak out when yeah. she was on her way down. We'd yeah. have to, you know, clear out the booth, <laughs> you know, <laughs> tuck in our shirts and shit. No, I would always have such a great, she'd call me Billy Boy and, you know, she'd kiss me on the cheek. Boy, boy I got a lot of loving from her. She, well, I, uh, clearly, you know, she provided some sort of uh, maternal... Uh, sensibility for the the rogues and gypsies that ended up at that place. We were all that way. But yeah. she was a frightening person to me. <laughs> yeah. Well, you came later, you know. She wasn't frightening then. Yeah, you, I, did, no. Never once did she scare you. No, not me. No. A couple of comics that couldn't worry. I felt bad for Steve Lebecca when he said he couldn't get a spot. You know, and yeah. we would talk to her. He was funny. Why couldn't he get a spot? Yeah. For some reason, you know, people are funny that way. Now, when you like Pryor, what was it like seeing Pryor in the seventies? Genius. What do you do? What do you do? Like an hour, two hours? What no, about twenty minutes. Oh, you that's know, twenty, all? twenty minutes. He, he never pushed. He never. <laughs> he never pushed it. He never like. Sometimes he would push it, but you know who I enjoyed the most? Who? Freddie Prince. Yeah, tell me about him because I don't think he gets a you know, like. You know, people know him from Chico and the Man. You hear about him, but I don't know that he's really contextualized properly as a comic. Well, let me. T- can I tell you a little about sure. him? When he got up on twenty minutes, and he would do twenty, we'd all do 10, 20 mm-hmm. minutes. You felt you were watching a Milton Berle or a Sid Caesar mm. or a Jack Benny. Yeah. He had that, like he was on stage for 40 years. You yeah. wouldn't oh, think yeah. he was 20 or 20. So comfortable. Uh, so comfortable. He was the one that got me on The Tonight Show. He had Craig Tennis come down to catch me. He believed in me. He was my biggest, one night someone came up with a lunchbox at the comedy store 
And my, someone uh, stole your lunchbox? My, uh, and an outfit like me. And Mitzi said, you're doing Billy Braver. So he called me to come down. I said, I didn't make it yet. I'll do it in another year. Be me. No, not now. I, I, I can't believe that. I Are you swear telling me to the God. Truth? I that, swear. That, that something is as defined and ridiculous as a lunchbox and a pair of overalls. Some right. guy got on that fucking stage and I shamelessly. Swear. He called me. I, I should drop dead right now if I'm lying. Okay. <laughs> Boom. He's dead. <laughs> He's, He's dead. dead. No, that's true. No kidding. It's true. And, and Freddie calls you up and says, there's a guy with a lunchbox. There's a guy with a lunchbox and overalls, too. Get your ass down here. I get my ass, and I said, Mitzi. And Mitzi says, you can't do that. That's Billy. Yeah. And he says, well, I, you know, I said, no, no. Wait what? a way. What I swear. His, what was his defense? No, I came no, up he with just got, he, No, no. I just got off the stage. And I followed that night, too. Oh, it's crazy. What? And the night I auditioned. Yeah. For the Tonight Show, there was a dirty comic. I'm really filthy, but he wasn't before funny. You, before you, so I said, "How do I do this?" How do you I follow got up, that? And Craig Tennis picked me backstage. He says, "You're on the Tonight Show next week." How'd you follow it? How'd you pull yourself? Together? I just I didn't say a word for a minute. They start laughing like I did. You just let it simmer down. Yeah, and I said, "You know, I do look a little like Richard Gere." Uh, yeah. <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> that was it. Got him. So tell me more about Freddie. Like he was a nice guy. Terrific guy, and he, like, cause he, what he died before he was thirty, didn't he? Or how? Oh old yeah, was he? young guy. He was very young, he, he, and uh, his best friend was. Um, it, uh, it wasn't the singer. His best friend. I was trying to think of it. They were very close. What uh, the hell's his name? The comic Bursky. Bursky. Alan, Alan Bursky. Right. They hung out together. Yeah, and then we used to go to his house, you know, and he was going with uh, Kitty. Um, yeah, Bruce. Kitty Bruce yeah. at that time. Who, uh, uh, Freddie was. Freddie, Freddie. And yeah. he was great. I mean, you'd sit with him and he was brilliant. He was dating Lenny Bruce's daughter. He was dating Lenny Bruce. And they broke up. Yeah. And from that point well, on. Well, you're hanging around a lot of guys who were doing a lot of drugs. That was Yeah, I never did. I didn't do any drugs. But you drugs. saw it? I saw the drugs. And yeah. when I worked with the Moody Blues, so, you know, I, you know. But like, wait, at that time, was Freddie fucked up? I don't want, no, I don't think so. Not yet? It was a sad ending to that. Said ending when we got the call that, and then, and then we spent that night at the uh, improv. All the comics came down to the improv yeah. the, that night. Tim Thomason, I remember uh -huh. myself. All uh -huh. the comics. Uh -huh. you know. I, I guess he thought he. I don't know. It was. A, I heard that the the shrink gave him back the gun. I don't know the story. I don't know if you heard it, Mark. About what the gun? The gun. The yeah, gun that, story. That, you know that gun. You know it was. The only thing I heard was it was maybe it was Alan Bursky's gun and no, it, was, it wasn't Alan Bursky's gun. No, no, no. I, yeah, no. I don't know what what happened. He had the gun before. Is yeah, what you're saying and. He liked it. He liked guns. I guess so. But we had a lot of fun. We used to hang out by the Burskys. Old man Bursky was t Tom Dreesen. It was Bursky. It was, uh, what's his name? Uh, Bursky. He's still around. Yeah, he's still around. You'd never recognize him. When I first met him, he jumped all over me at the comedy. I saw you on the Tonight Show. On, uh, not on the Tonight Show. Uh, I saw you on something. And uh -huh. he became, and, and uh, uh, what's his name? David Brenner says, keep away from him. He's an asshole. Oh, yeah? Yeah. There were those guys. What we had a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun. So, all right. So now, what, what's the big plan? You're going to pitch the seagulls around. We're going to pitch the seagulls. We're going to pitch Spindly Arms, the home for this place. But we're going to make it more mature. We're going to make it a little sexy. Give it a little the puppet. Edge. Uh, the puppets are going to be very funny. It's, uh -huh. it's going to be in a in a certain house. Okay. And it's going to be very, very you funny. You want to keep that hidden? Yeah. You don't want anyone to steal the house. No, idea. no, no. The house. Is, <laughs> can so I call you when everything is done? Sure, you're, you're terrific. Yeah, yeah. Thanks and, for talking. And to he's me. doing stand up. No, 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 I'll do stand up soon again. Yeah. <laughs> Don't rush me. <laughs> Where's your I want to sell my cologne. <laughs> I want to do this, um, yeah. and um, I want to do the reality show. I think we have a sitcom. 
Right, so Saab's yeah, gone. Well, Saab's not in the business anymore. I don't have to call, you know, I could do, it doesn't have to be called Saab Story, but it. Uh, right, right. So now that that uh, video's available on, uh, yes. on the YouTube. We just put it on YouTube, yeah. The Saab Story. Yes. It's very touching. It's very provocative to me, and you know, I and I'm glad you shared your story. I appreciate oh, it. I appreciate you having me. It's so nice to f- have somebody remember me, because even back home, they don't even think about me. And you know, how really, does that feel? You know, it's it's. I have believers here, like the Kyoto brothers and Alexia, and my new friend, and a couple of the friend Mike Mike uh, Gaines. But uh, it's it's lonely. And I didn't have kids, which really, but I'm great with kids. My child, did you see my children's show? Mm-mm. Take a look if you have a moment. Billy's bus. It mm. was something really special. Yeah. And we take these kids on adventure every week, yeah. and they meet famous people of history, but they meet them as kids. Uh huh. So they would have the similar problem to them. Uh, and there's a moral ending. Let's say they met, uh, uh, kid didn't know how to fly, so she met uh, what's her name, the flyer, and. And you'd see a reel of the of the the personality at the end, the real life reel. So these kids would, uh, uh, and there's a moral ending to it. It was a great show by Phil Roman. You know Phil Roman, uh-uh. Phil Roman, the uh-uh. animator. Yeah, he was terrific. So the the feeling of like, um, you know, doing Merv and doing Johnny and doing yeah. Dinah and all that stuff, and the the adoration of the audience uh-huh. and the. And, and all that that showbiz that brings that the the great void that it feeds in us, uh, you, you just sort of detach from that, and and now you feel a little lonely about. Well, that. you know what? Yeah. I'd love to do the tonight. I think if he puts me on the panel, mm. uh, he owes me. Does he? Why? He slept with me, not with yeah. me in the same room, but in your house. You and put he, him up. I put him up, and he used to come to me. He says, "I hate to follow you." Uh-huh. You know, a lot of comics said, I can't follow Brava. Really? Dreesen would say, how do I follow you? Yeah. I said, it's easy. You walk on stage, you get a lunchbox, and you drink some hot tea, <laughs> and you're afraid of seven Jews and a mustache. Uh, have you talked to uh, Jay or no? No, I'm trying to get to him. We sent a sob story to his talent people. They uh-huh. liked it. They want to know what I'm doing now. But uh, his, uh, his uh, what do you call PR person said, it's a great tape. Send it to him personally. So I'm going to try to set up a meeting where I can give him the tape. And I see some of the comics, not that I'm envious, some of the comics up there, they're not a fun. It's, I have something to offer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I hope it, I hope it happens. I wish oh, you the best of luck with everything. The, you are so sweet to have me. How'd you find me again? I saw your picture and then somebody, how did that happen? Yeah, I, uh, I, somebody got me that uh, sob story. Uh-huh. And, oh, uh, my partners, the Kyoto brothers. They yeah. believe in me. Yeah. It's Ed, Steve, and Charlie. Yeah, I don't, yeah, did they send it to me? Maybe they Yeah, did. and I'm doing, a, I'm doing a, a, a pilot for them about Christmas where the aliens take over Christmas and I'm doing all the voices. All right. Yeah, so that should be fun. Well, I'm glad you're back at it, Billy. I love you. Do you love me a little? I love you a lot. Okay, thanks, Mark. Thank you. That's it. Again, uh, I hope you got something out of that. This is very interesting to me. Go to WTFPod.com for all your WTF pod needs. Thank you, Billy Braver, for taking the time, by the way. Uh, you know, get some merch if you want. You know, leave a comment, kick in a few shekels. Get the app upgrade to the premium app. Father John Misty on Monday, following Thursday, Artie. Artie Lang. Spectacular conversation. But that guy, that guy can't have anything but spectacular conversation. Um, I'm going to be in Phoenix, uh, hanging out, hopefully getting some R&R, spending some time with my family. Uh, everyone here is okay at the Cat Ranch. Uh, 
Deaf Black Cat was here this morning. Scaredy Cat was out front this morning. Those are the two wild cats. Monkey and LaFonda are fine. Um, everything's uh, okay. It's okay. Gotta stop eating. Entirely. Boomer lives! <laughs>